This episode of Prem Brulee is sponsored by The Vintage Wave, an online boutique sports apparel store with throwbacks and unique one-of-a-kind vintage goods. From new Mitchell and Ness looks to classic Nike and Adidas looks, The Vintage Wave has everything a sports or fashion fan could need. Visit them online at thevintagewave.com. You're listening to a Holyfield podcast. Alright, you're tuned back into the number one podcast in your headphones here, Prem Brulee. I am your host, Premel Bot, riding solo again for this episode. As we've told you listeners, can be a variety of rotating co-hosts, just me, either one of those options. And uh, this just happens to be a solo version, so I hope you guys still dig it. As we all know by now, the lead-off category is always Yeah Fam or Nah, my version of Love It or Shove It. And uh, keeping with tradition in these three weeks of the NFL football season so far, I wanted to cover uh, week three of the NFL. And I've had a major theme for each of them so far, and uh, week three is no different. And the theme for week three was, huh? So this was a week that featured a win by the Cleveland Browns. Yes, you heard that correctly. Also, the Detroit Lions defeated the New England Patriots, which is very odd and not unexpected. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Minnesota Vikings 27-6, a whopping 27-6. I am lucky Percy is not here to have to defend that one. Although, I think he was pretty sure that both the Lions being the Patriots and the Bills upsetting his Vikings were going to happen. Who knows if that's a reverse jinx or not. Um, We've all been there and tried to do that, so... Beyond those two big upsets, you had the Titans with Blaine Gabbert, their backup quarterback, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the AFC East leading Miami Dolphins are 3-0. Um, overall, I'm a yeah fan of this one. Uh, it makes me feel better about the dysfunction of my own team, knowing that uh, this season so far seems kind of backwards, especially a week like this where... Um, The unexpected happens, and if you're at the point that you're hating on the Browns, then um, I think you need to reevaluate things. I'm the pettiest of all of us, always in midst of Tom Petty season, and even I can't hate on Browns fans celebrating a much-needed victory, and this time in week three instead of just one in two years. So overall, yeah, I'm a yeah fam to week three. If it's huh, at least that beats... Close losses for all of our teams. If it's backwards, maybe we can all explain it away. Okay, now we're moving on to the NBA. And, of course, the big news for the week had to do with uh, Minnesota Timberwolves forward Jimmy Butler requesting a trade from the team. Of course, this is a team he just was traded to in 2017 from the Chicago Bulls. Uh, The Timberwolves unloaded uh, some young talent of recent draft picks Chris Dunn and Zach Levine and then traded their seventh overall pick, which became Laurie Markkinen. So Butler, after requesting the trade, kind of released three teams he preferred, which were the New York Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Los Angeles Clippers. They're obviously all in major markets, but in addition to that, each of those teams has room for two max contracts. Of course, Butler has been long tied to friend Kyrie Irving and especially tied both of them have been to the Knicks since the news broke Butler has drawn interest from a lot of teams not not named the Knicks Clippers or Nets 
they're all clearly vying to try to convince Butler to stay just like the Timberwolves ideally wanted to do but failed at and the Thunder successfully did with Paul George. Butler is eligible to sign a five-year, $190 million extension with the Timberwolves or any team he's traded to. If he decides to enter free agency next summer after uh, playing through his contract this season, he is eligible for a four-year deal worth $141 million. And the last thing worth noting is that Butler has reportedly been clashing with young stars Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, as indicated by... Carl Anthony Towns signing a $190 million extension right after Butler announced this, and Andrew Wiggins' brother yelling a hallelujah once uh, the news broke. Overall, um, I'm a nod to this one. I'd like to see Butler want to go to a team that was a real contender. Instead, he listed three teams that are far from it. Um, I would have thought at this point in his career he'd be looking for somewhere he could potentially have a chance at winning, especially after leaving a decent situation in the Wolves, who clearly weren't taking the next step. You would think Butler's logical move would be to a team that could take that next step. So I'm a nod to this. I'm a nod to the Timberwolves, having done this trade and losing some young talent essentially for nothing, it looks like. Uh, We'll see what the trade they get back out of Butler is, but... um, Overall, Minata, this one, you would have liked a situation like this to work out, and uh, there's no other way to describe this but a flop. Okay, lastly, we had to talk about it. He is one of maybe two people that could steal headlines away from football during football season, besides LeBron James, uh, is Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods just won the Tour Championship. He actually almost won the entire FedEx Cup, which carried a $10 million purse if Justin Rose hadn't birdied his final hole of the tournament. This was Tiger's 80th win. He is now three tournament wins away from holding first place over Sam Snead. Sam Snead has 82 overall. This is Tiger's first win in five years. So yeah, fam or not, to Tiger Woods being back. Is he going to get to 83? Is Are the 19 majors in play again after we all thought that ship had sailed? And I am all in on this. I'm a yeah fam to Tiger Woods being back. There's no other way around it. I'm tuning into golf when Tiger's playing, when he's succeeding. He's drawing eyeballs, and I'm loving every second of it. Sure, the guy might not be a great human being. Probably wasn't meant to be married, but uh, when he's on the golf course, he makes things exciting and him being in contention for a couple majors this year was uh quite the attraction so yeah fam i'm all in 19's back on the table i definitely think he gets to 83 and he's still got plenty of career left i have to think that those injuries bought us a couple more years hopefully of his prime hopefully he's bionic by now and can give us some more um amazing golf so that we can witness him at least return close to form for what he was. Okay, on that note, uh, likey, no likey, and hate it. My things I loved, hated, disliked from the week in sports. And of course, being the positive man I am, I like to lead with positivity. But in the sports world, I'm quite the negative Nancy, so I like to work my way into that. First of all, likey. Got one of them. 
I figured I already have hit the Buckeyes plenty in this category, and there sure isn't anything to be proud of with the Cowboys, so my likey goes to Hattie B's Hot Chicken in Nashville. Um, Nashville Hot Chicken has never let me down like the Dallas Cowboys have, so it deserves my attention here. Okay, I got a couple no likeys. Um, so first, we all heard it by now. Kawhi Leonard actually decided to laugh and smile at his um, NBA media day for the Toronto Raptors. I always thought about how cool it would be to hear and see Kawhi Leonard finally smile or laugh or show his human side, but um, it kind of scares me a little bit. It's a pretty odd laugh. We've all seen it by now, but uh, no likey to that. I'm kind of scared, and I feel like it kind of confirms he might be bionic. I hope uh, people making fun of him doesn't discourage him, but I kind of wouldn't be upset about it at this point. My other no likey... I tried to stay away from my teams this week, but I just couldn't help it. Sean Lee is going to be out a few weeks with an injured hamstring. In other words, football season has officially begun. It's almost like how the NBA season starts unofficially at Christmas. The Cowboys season doesn't start until Sean Lee misses some games with a nagging injury. And here we are, so hopefully um, the Cowboys will start trying now since the season officially started without Sean Lee. And hopefully their first round pick, uh, Leighton Vander Esch, is everything everyone made him out to be and can fill in his shoes even partly. And that's a nice segue into my hate it, the Dallas Cowboys offense. They honestly could have let their fans know they weren't going to show up so that we didn't have to bother showing up to watch the game. Um, it seemed like a complete waste of time to watch that ridiculous excuse for NFL offense. I am a f over Jason Garrett. I'm over Scott Linehan, and this one pains me more than anything. I'm over Dak Prescott. I'm sorry, fellow Cowboys fans. I just don't feel like Prescott makes any throws that any other pro quarterback could make. He doesn't separate himself in any one category. And sure, we can blame Zeke for last week's loss to the Seahawks, a game that we should have won, but this is a bigger problem and more far-reaching. Dak hasn't been effective. He hasn't even thrown for over 200 yards. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing for 400-plus yards three straight games, and Dak Prescott can't even muster up 200. Plain and simple, the blame rests at Garrett, Linehan, and Dak Prescott. That's it. Sure, we can blame Zeke for an individual game, but at least he shows up every game. Okay, I'm just full of segues today. Lottie freaking does up next where I highlight the impressively unimpressive or great perf statistical performances and losing effort. Ezekiel Elliott, one of my favorite guys, one of my favorite players, a Buckeye and a Cowboy. He is not exempt from this list. Nobody is. So, Zeke Elliott, 16 carries, 127 yards, a whopping 7.9 yards a carry. However, he lost a fumble at a crucial time when the Cowboys were driving and down late in the game, and he had an illegal touching penalty that negated a 30-yard touchdown. So Lottie frickin' da pains me, but my boy Zeke, we couldn't really keep eating if uh, you're going to mess it up. Next up is Atlanta Falcons rookie wide receiver, first-round pick Calvin Ridley, had a whopping seven catches, 146 yards, with three, count them, three rec receiving touchdowns. However, 
Those Atlanta Falcons lost to the New Orleans Saints 43-37 to in overtime, but still, again, nobody's exempt from big stat games and losing efforts. Speaking of that, a fellow wide receiver, this time of Oregon, Dylan Mitchell, had 239 yards receiving on 14 catches, but his Oregon Ducks blew a gigantic first-half lead to end up losing to Stanford 38-31. Yikes. And I saved the best one for last. We talked about Jacob deGrom in a previous Lottie Frickin' Da, but I just saw this breakdown, and I just couldn't help myself to reiterate it. Jacob deGrom, if his fellow teammates would have scored four runs in each of his starts, would have been a whopping 30-0 and this season. Yes, 30 and freaking 0. Similarly, if they would have just mustered up three runs each time he hit the mound, he would have been 25 and 1. Or let's just go two runs. Two measly runs for pro baseball players. And Jacob DeGrom would have went 20 and 6. This guy deserves MVP consideration and definitely Cy Young consideration for his efforts to even be near 500 with his teammates fucking it up for him. So Lottie frickin' da to the Mets teammates, and I'm just so sorry frickin' da to Jacob deGrom. That brings us to should they be worried, my version of a panic, don't panic. And this time it is uh, both, both of them are pro football teams, or both of them have to do with pro football. The first one is the 49ers, and not just long-term. Obviously, we know with Jimmy Garoppolo going down with the torn ACL being out for the season that um, C.J. Beathard isn't going to take them to the promised land. But uh, in a long, in terms of long-term worries, uh, Jimmy G being out with only with less than a season's worth of starts under his belt, they just paid him tons of money. Do we still think it's the right move? And... I'm not worrying yet if I'm a 49ers fan. I know their team is a mess right now, even with Garoppolo playing. But you got to think that they've at least checked the box at the QB level and they can continue to build around them. Sure, this season becomes a wash, but maybe they get a good draft pick out of it and get another key piece to them rebuilding. The other one is an interesting one, Sam Bradford of the Arizona Cardinals. So Josh Rosen this week was named the starter after he relieved Sam Bradford's ineffective play in week three. Will Bradford get released? Should he be worried? So Sam Bradford got paid a lot of money to come to Arizona, but he also gets a bonus of $312,000 plus each game he's active. So basically, if he's in streetwear, he doesn't get that money, the team doesn't have to pay him. So should he be released, or should he be worried? And my answer is yes. Um, You bring him in to try to keep the Arizona Cardinals ship afloat. They still have talent with David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, and a talented young defense still. But he totally underperforms, and I think Bradford should be worried in terms of playing time obviously he's still going to get paid and has been everywhere he's gone but he is officially part of the all-time all-glass team because he is always injured this time it was his play but uh, with Mike Lennon on the roster and 
in Arizona, you got to think that they'll be dressing Rosen and Glennon so that they don't have to pay Bradford that extra money just to be a backup. Okay, for who you got and what you're feeling, you know how we recap uh, last episode's picks. And last episode uh, was me going solo, so I have to answer to my rights and wrongs in my predictions. Um, we will have time once Percy's back on this to address his bold statements from two episodes ago and his follow-through in rooting for the Bucks as punishment for missing on his bold predictions. I can report to you that Percy has been following through, has been responding to Go Bucks each chance he gets. So uh, that is one positive after he wrongfully took bold take saying the Patriots would beat the Jaguars in week two by more than 17 and that the Browns would win by double digits, both of which he was wrong for and now he is pretty much a Buckeye. Okay, anyway, last episode's picks covered a couple of football matchups. I've been picking out pro football and college football big games to pick on. Um, Last week, this was one of the major ones, and it didn't end up disappointing after looking like it was going to be a blowout. Uh, Number 7 Stanford visited Eugene, Oregon to play the Oregon Ducks, who were number 20 at the time. Um, I, in my pick, described Oregon as relatively untested and thought... When in doubt, pick the team that could control the clock with the run game in Stanford. I ended up being right with the Stanford pick, but I don't really feel great about it because of how it happened. It felt more like Oregon lost that game. Stanford was pretty much a reverse call, a Oregon player reaching on the wrong side of the pylon away from having just a 1% chance of winning. Um, so we all saw the highlight of the Oregon player reached the ball out on the wrong side of the pylon, got a touchdown call reversed, and the very next play, they had a bad snap to the quarterback, and Stanford ran back a defensive touchdown, forever changing the rest of the game. They also had a bonehead play by their own coach. They could have just kneed and ran out the clock. Instead, they decided to hand the ball to their running back, who proceeded to fumble. The end result was Stanford completing... A comeback from down 31-7, to end up winning 38-31, and securing a big win before they head to South Bend to face Notre Dame this week. The other game I picked was a little different. Uh, it featured two 0-2 teams. It was the Giants at Texans. I decided to go with the Texans because I figured the Giants had just lost to the Cowboys and struggled with a mobile quarterback in Dak Prescott, so De- Deshaun Watson's only... More dangerous, and they struggled with the Cowboys' defensive line, and the Texans' line had has J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. I was very wrong. Um, not only that, my cousins and my brother, who are Texans fans, were very upset at me for jinxing their squad, so apologize to them. The Giants won 27-22, and that score does not indicate how much of a game that the Giants dominated. I think the Texans picked up a late touchdown to make it look closer than it was, so uh, sorry to my fam for jinxing them. Okay, we got um, quite a few picks to make for this week, and that is because of a couple big matchups in football, but also uh, some other things going on. The other thing being uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers QB situation. 
I wanted to make a selection between Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Of course, we know Jameis Winston, former number one overall pick. He returns from a three-game suspension. Meanwhile, um, a bonus person for Lottie Frickin' Ryan Fitzpatrick is the first player in NFL history to throw for 400-plus yards in three consecutive games. The Tampa Bay Bucks are 2-1 and one under Fitzpatrick so far. Um, Fitzpatrick threw for 411 yards on Monday Night Football on 30 of 50 passing with three touchdowns and three interceptions. Um, his team finally lost one to the Steelers, who desperately needed a win. Um, but I'm going to go with Fitzpatrick. I think you have to ride the hot hand, and Jameis Winston has done nothing to be in the good graces to deserve a spot after being suspended. Um, so if I'm the Buccaneers... We're going on some stolen victories like everybody thinks, so might as well keep riding the hot hand who's thrown for astronomical numbers, seems to have a good rapport with Deshaun Jackson uh, and Mike Evans for that matter. So I'm sticking with Fitzpatrick and still the Fitz, until the Fitz magic runs out um, and then maybe go back to Jameis Winston. But uh, this reminds me of uh, Akshat's toasty take from a few episodes ago, uh, stating that Jameis Winston wouldn't be the starting quarterback down the line for the Buccaneers. We might get that sooner than even he thought. So I'm going with Fitzpatrick here. I'm not closing the door totally on Jameis Winston, though. So um, I guess we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised to see either one under center. We have a little bit of a creative one uh, that we want to address in the future, but uh, just a teaser for a future episode we have a few guys that are great at QB scouting, including uh, our boss man, Percy. So I wanted to wait on that one, but I let me tease it a little bit. Uh, a future pick that will be made in a future episode is the best young quarterback in the NFL. So the teaser is focusing in on those drafted 2016 and after. And it is quite the list and quite the list of big names right now. So that list, 2016 and after for draftees, includes Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson all. I decided, since I make the rules anyway, I'm going to include Jimmy Garoppolo in this list of young quarterbacks in the NFL just because of his uh, low numbers Low starting numbers so far in his career. Doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body, so I figured he could be added into the fold uh, over some others. So a uh, little teaser for a future episode, best young quarterback in the NFL. Um, and that doesn't just mean stats, because obviously Patrick Mahomes is taking the league by storm so far, but uh, nonetheless, I figured it was a good one that could be used in the future. So a little bit of a click-listen bait for next time. Yeah, I can do that. I just decide on the fly, too, so that's the beauty of podcasting. Okay, that brings us to our featured matchups of the week, our, the picks of the week, one NFL game, one college game, and the pro game I decided to choose were the 1-1-1 one, one one Cleveland Browns visiting the Oakland Raiders, who are 0-3. Can the Browns make it two in a row? Can they be on a winning streak? Is this so far-fetched? Is this what our world has come to, the Browns on a potential winning streak? Or will the Raiders finally pick up a win this season? Uh, this, of course, is Baker Mayfield's first start as a pro. 
currently the last line I checked was Oakland favored by two and a half points, which isn't much at all. Without further ado, without sugarcoating it, fuck it. I'm going with the Browns. I'm all in. I'm all in on them having a winning streak. They deserve it. So I'm going Browns. I think the Raiders are a mess, and why not the Browns, huh? Why not feel the spark of a rookie quarterback? It's been happening more than we thought within the last couple years. I can unfortunately relate with Dak Prescott, but uh, I'm I'm going to go with the Browns. Even though they're the visiting team playing out west, um, I think they get their first win streak in a long time. And, of course, the marquee matchup both in my life and outside is my beloved Ohio State Buckeyes visiting State College and the Penn State Nittany Lions. They, of course, are both 4-0 classes of the Big Ten. They are, unfortunately, in the same half of the Big Ten, the Big Ten East. Um, Currently, weirdly enough, Ohio State is favored by about a field goal as the away team. Um, I think it might be three and a half points. It is a night game, a whiteout, which Penn State fans absolutely love and historically have done very well against the Buckeyes for. I am so nervous. This is a huge test, and it is so weird having the calendar read September when Ohio State and Penn State are facing each other. I wish it was later in the season. I wish there was a little bit more buildup so that I wouldn't be so nervous so early. Um, But I got to roll with my Buckeyes. I can't put that negative thought out into the air but i am very nervous and wouldn't be surprised to see this go one way or another the buckeyes defense has struggled quite a bit it's been masked by really effective offense but with penn state's running back and saquon barkley replacement miles sanders running for 200 yards on just 22 rushes against illinois last week definitely makes me worry with what seems to be unathletic ohio state linebackers Also, Trace McSorley seems like he's been there forever, but can air it out. And Ohio State's corners haven't looked all that impressive either. They've gotten beat on a lot of deep balls, committed a lot of penalties. So um, definitely a cause for concern for Buckeye fans. But uh, I'm going with my heart here and picking Ohio State. And I don't want to hear any jinxing and assuming they're going to win because this is a different kind of vibe to to a game. As for what I'm feeling this week... I have to show love to seeing some of my best friends in Nashville, their beautiful new home, their beautiful pups. Shout out my people, Kevin and Sam. Um, Get to spend some time with them, with the missus. So um, I'm definitely feeling my weekend and then got to top it off. Thank you to the plug, Warren. I got to see J. Cole in concert in a suite. It doesn't get much better than that. Young Thug as an opener, Jaden Smith as an opener. Uh, so definitely feeling my weekend. I'd love for every weekend to be like that. I can get used to that life of luxury. And that brings us to the finale, my too much sense. I love giving that advice. It's advice you didn't ask for, advice you maybe didn't need, but uh, hopefully that'll help you and feels good for me to give. And I hope you like it. But I'll still be giving it anyway. Okay, this week is very poignant. A lot of my advice comes from personal experience, but this week is about not making excuses. Just don't make them. So one of my old managers once told me, excuses are like assholes. Everybody has one and they all stink. I think we've all had someone that's told us that before, but for me it was a former manager. And it really resonated, not the smell, but just the saying. Um, I just feel like people make too many of them. 
excuses are all too easy these days. And it's as if people, especially in my age group, can't be counted on to commit to something. Again, guys, dare to be different. Dare dare to have your yes to an event mean something. Dare to have your commitment mean something. Because there's too many people that don't value that and treat a yes or made plans as if they're optional. So dare to be one of those that doesn't do that. Don't make excuses and follow through. That's my too much sense. Of course, this wraps up another episode of Prem Brulee, the number one podcast in your headphones. Don't ever get it twisted. Please keep a lookout for future episodes. Please subscribe. Subscribe to all the Holyfield podcasts. And stay tuned for uh, the new and improved Holyfield.co. We can't wait for you loyal listeners to see it, hear it, feel it, all that good stuff. With that, this is Premobot with Holyfield signing off. We will uh, talk to you next episode.